Ever quit a job, ever redefined yourself within one? Ever started something and one big or failed? Quit his call and show sometimes. Hopefully helping people sort out their lives, reevaluating their options, kicking out crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb. Starting something awesome, I'm Dan Benjamin. It is time to quit. This show is recorded live. Usually, we start about 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. You can listen to the show by going to 5x5.tv slash live. If you're hearing this live, you're already there. But if you're listening to this as a podcast, on your phone or something, and you ever thought about participating live, you can do that by going to that website. You can also search for 5x5 Radio in the iTunes store, and you'll find there's a free app. And a pay app that has push notifications that we built for you to use. If you want to call in, you can do that 512-518-5714. Although I'm not sure if Hattie, if I'm going to take calls today. Hattie's yeah. my producer. Hello. I'm not sure. I might not do that today. If you want, you can leave a voicemail, a number to do that. 512-222-8141. Sometimes we play them. I listen to all of them. Sometimes we play them. Not a lot of people leave voicemails because... I stopped playing them on the air, and so people think I'm not listening to them, but I, right. I listen to you them. Listen Sometimes to them. I play them many times throughout the day and laugh at them. And sometimes when we're feeling sad or something, we play the voicemails, and I'm just kidding. We do listen to all the voicemails. <laughs> I was like, that never happens. No. You're just going along. You're kind of nodding. I was scared. I was like, wait, when do we do this? Are you going to take over the show again like you, you did last time? I'm just curious. <laughs> no. No. We don't have anyone else in here. It's just me and Hattie in here, uh, Shlok. Is uh, that's the I didn't sound, even get a text that's the sound Shloku. of a white Russian in the background that you're hearing. Right. <laughs> uh, no, Shloku is not. I didn't invite him. He's too busy. He and Doctor Girlfriend have a just a quick Shloku update for everybody. Mm. He and Doctor Girlfriend have uh, moved in together. I, I believe this is called living in sin. We took a a picture of their apartment from the outside. That's all we're allowed to see is in the a, outside. Yeah, we're not allowed in. I mean, and, uh, as you can imagine. Right. So we don't get invited in. And they are they are safely ensconced in their new digs. South by Southwest is going on here in Austin. We will not be talking about that at all. Because the other than to say we went down there, we got our badges, and we're going to be attending some of the things. Uh, yeah. We don't know what, though. We're We've kind got of, friends we're kind of overwhelmed by it all. Yeah, it's a lot. We're kind of basing where we're going to be by others. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good idea. So Shlok is not here. Now, right in the other room, now that we have we have opened up the 5x5 World Headquarters here at Bat City Studios. World HQ. And uh, officing with us down the hall. <laughs> uh, not even really a hall. It's like a hall. It's a space. Kind of, yeah. You have uh, Anthony and Natalie who run Fun Size. They've both been on Quit. If you remember previous, previous episodes, Natalie was the one that went to San Francisco uh, stayed for several weeks and came came back. She's back now. So you can all relax. Just rest. <laughs> and uh, she's fine. Turned out to be not a bad experience. We'll have her and possibly Anthony back on another show. A lot of folks are here in South by Southwest. And uh, we I decided I wanted to just, I'm exhausted, to be honest. It was a big, big day down there. A lot of people. A lot of people. Too many people. Yeah. Too many cars, too and much it's rain. Raining. It's raining. It's, it's kind it's of miserable. a nightmare in a way. And I, I I like I like that it's raining because Austin's usually a very, very nice place. Yesterday, one of the best days we've had all year. Today, one of the worst. But welcome, welcome 
Austin visitors? <laughs> Please don't move here. Talk to Scott Peel at lunch today. He's the guy behind uh, Laughing Squid. He's a very, very smart and very, very well-connected person. Very much so. He, We were just sitting there and he was like, oh, that's blah, blah, and that's mm -hmm. blah, blah. He knows that's everybody. someone else. And we're like, mm -hmm. Got to talk to Chris Prillos, talk to M.G. Siegler. That was very cool. A lot of, lot of fun people in town. M.G. Siegler, who we talk about on the frequency all the time. Yeah. He's, Cover um, links that he covers. Read, read a lot of his stories on that show. Mm -hmm. So we already got one call. I, I guess I'll do a few calls. I'll just do a few calls in a minute. Caitlin Five. said she can scream whenever. I don't, just let her be. She's, She's the one suffered enough. 512-518-5714. If you want to get on, I'll, I'll take a few calls. There are a lot of emails that I really would like to get through. And it's something I've been prolonging and, and putting off for a very, very long time. But I wanted to, before we address these emails, mm -hmm. it's tough because people will, will email in. And they'll have a question or they'll say something. And then they won't, they'll, you have to be very clear. Make the first sentence of your email, 5by5.tv slash contact and pick quit. The first sentence of your email should be, please do not read this on the air or please read this on the air, but don't use my name. Give me instructions because sometimes- At the beginning. At the very first beginning. Line. Because a lot of the time when I sit down and read one of these things- and you're on the air. I'm on the air. Sometimes I don't get a chance to really read all of them to or make good notes. Them. Yeah, so I want to. Uh, I may just jump in someone, and want to read you know? it. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there's a lot of really good, really, really good things in here, and then so it's important. People have been quitting their jobs. So I want to jump in with one of these, but first I wanted to talk. That, you know, I try to come up with a topic that is maybe has something I can tell a story about. Yeah. So this, this week, my th the thing I've been thinking about, the concept I've been thinking about, is integrity. Because I think we've all had moments in our lives, especially our professional lives, where we said, man, that was the crappiest thing. I shouldn't have done that. Or I screwed that up. Where's, where's my integrity? I've done that. Hattie does that probably every day. Every day, every single day, actually. Being and serious. There was something that I, I was too. And there was something I was thinking about when we were talking about this earlier in the week. So I was, I was uh, 14 years old. I was working at a grocery store called Publix. P-U-B-L-I-X. This is a big chain of stores down in, uh, in Florida. And maybe they've expanded beyond Florida. It's the one good thing in Florida is Publix. Where shopping is a pleasure. And back in those days... You uh, to to work. You would wear that's that that's that thing spinning. Oh, no, I'm telling it. you, I don't know how to get that replaced. Bad power supply in the Mac Pro. You wear a button, a white button up, long sleeve button up dress shirt, pressed. A a tie that was either black or blue. I think they eventually loosened that and allowed you to wear a tie with a pattern. But Ooh, to, yeah, getting crazy. But Hattie, this was back in the '80s. All the ties that are in style now are back. That's the ties that we wore back then. What are those called? Knit ties Knit with the ties flat bottom? Knit ties and skinny ties. Yeah. And that's all we had. We didn't know from fat ties. All we had were skinny ties. So we had the knit tie, you had the skinny tie, and then you would wear black uh, or dark navy blue slacks and black leather shoes and a green apron that you had to have tied up 
all you know around your collar. So it had mm-hmm. the part that would go around your top. collar and it would not go just down the half your waist and it would tie. Yeah, if you became a stockman, you were then allowed to flip the apron down so that it was just a half apron. And mm-hmm. if if you had been there a real long time and you had seniority. <gasps> Then you could flip fold the bottom of the apron, uh, double it. So it was almost like a little fanny pack in front of you or something. Like oh, that. right. Where you fold in mm-hmm. just the, yeah. It's almost a symbol of, of the apron. <sighs> this is the same that I, I used to talk to. I had a couple of friends that went into the Navy. And in the Navy. In the Navy. This is you taking over the show. Sorry. This is not the frequency. <laughs> uh, do I need to shut, shut off your mic? No. Or, or you can, can you tone it down? <laughs> Thank you. So we would uh, talk to my friends in the Navy <laughs> about a little too much to, uh, too much fun today. We, we have, we yeah. have. It was good. It was good seeing Scott. It was good. It was good. So you go out and you would be on the ship. When you're on the ship, you could roll, you could roll your cover, their hat. They would call them a cover. You could roll the edges of your hat down, almost like Popeye the Sailor Man. Mm. But when you're in boot camp, you had to leave them super, super straight. So it was kind of like that. Once you'd proven yourself, you got your sea legs, you could turn this thing down. Sea legs. So I worked out there at, uh, and, and I was a bagger. I started out as a bagger. And I used to go on what they would call a cart check. So they, they would send you to the far reaches of the parking lot to go and get the carts and you would bring them back in. This is back before the days of those little racks where you could slam your cart into it and it would kind of corral them into one area. Instead of that, you would have to go and you just leave, people would just leave their carts all around. Wherever they wanted. And, uh, and you would go out there and you would get these, these carts. It would take you like 15 minutes. So one day I went out and got these carts. And in one of the carts was one of these bank deposit envelopes. You know, like the kind of business would use to put their deposits into. Mm-hmm. Larger than normal yeah, not envelopes. yes, exactly. Not a regular size envelope. This could fit checks and money and a bunch of other things. And it's just sitting there in the cart. And I think, oh, that's one of those, those business things. I wonder what's in there. So I open it up and lo and behold, there's thousands of dollars in there. Now, as a 14-year-old kid, you know, I was making $3.65 an hour. And I was working after school and usually both days on the weekends. So if you figure I was working approximately 24 hours a week, before taxes, I was making $87.60 a week for working almost every day after school and both days on the weekends. Sometimes you'd get lucky, you get, you know, 26, 28 hours. So I was making under 100, this with thousands of dollars in there, thousands. And I said, whoa, wait a minute. Then for a second, I thought oh, I could just keep this. But only for like a split second did I even, did that enter my mind that, well, I could keep it, but I, I knew better. I knew I wasn't, it wasn't really a possibility for me. It wasn't really something that I thought, oh, maybe I could get. It was like, I could keep that. Nah, I got to go turn that in. So that's what I did. I went and I, I took it in. I handed it to my manager. I said, listen, I found that. And, you know, it had checks in it. It had thousands of dollars in it. I don't remember what the number was, but I think it was. I mean, it was several thousand because it was probably the week's till from whatever, you know, whatever company was doing that deposit. That's a lot of money for a 14 year old kid to even just see. Yeah, that's a lot. So I, turned, I don't even know what I'd do with that much money. <laughs> a lot of like Nintendo that's, cartridges, that's you know. out of the fathomable <laughs> realm of 14 year old's money. 
So I, I turned it in and Mr. Sands was my boss's name, Mr. Sands. And Mr. Sands looked at it and he looked at me and he's like, nice job, Dan. Thanks. Because it was clear to him that there were other people. I, I knew, I knew if one of the other guys had found it, maybe it would have come back with a little bit, little bit lighter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Eddie? A little bit lighter, but no. Turned the thing in. It really never occurred to me that I could really keep any of this. But I knew plenty of guys there that wouldn't, it would have, they could have turned it in and said, this was all that was in there, man. Now I'll tell you a different story. Mm-hmm. One time I was in, uh, I was in a bookstore. I was probably older than that. I was probably about 16 at this point. And I found on the floor of the bookstore, a $100 bill. Fold it up. Now, at this point, I was probably making 120 bucks a week. But this right. was this was a week's work for me. Right. It's a week's work. Okay. So imagine you're walking. I know most of our listeners, Hattie, here, I think, they're probably, and oh, that sound is a good sound. Mm. Bring that sound out so to the I microphone. Just don't, I don't want to. Yeah. I, one I of like the best swirl, sounds I'm, in the world. I swirl my drink. It's just what I do. I don't think it's going to bother anybody. And these people, imagine this, you're walking, you're walking in a store and you find one week's salary on the ground. Yeah. Now, what, what should you do in this situation, Addie? What would you do today if you were walking in a store and you found a week of your salary, you know, as, as a single bill crumpled up in the corner of a store? What would you do? I'd probably take it to whatever the front desk you of would, something. You would turn it in? Yeah. Is that because your salary is slightly more than a hundred dollars? What if it was a, what, would, what if it was a hundred bucks? What if it was bucks? my, you mean my own salary? Yeah. <laughs> no, I would definitely, I would $100 say. A hundred dollar bill. The more money it is, the more chance there is I would turn it in. A five dollar bill, what would you do? Yeah, I'd probably put that You would keep that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what it's five dollars. A fifty dollar pro- bill. I would, okay, probably I would pick it up off the ground and I would stand there and I would kind of make an obvious like, Huh, a $5 bill right. and like hold it up kind of awkwardly. And then if I would stand there and I would just kind of do that 360. <laughs> you do just, that for five bucks? You do that for? And then, and then I just stick it right in my pocket. <clears throat> I, would, well, I would do that. I kept the $100 bill. I did not turn it in. Okay. I did not take it to anybody. <laughs> I kept it. Uh did you do the turnaround in the no, parking lot? No, I, I, you just I, immediately were like, whoa. I was, you know, my, your natural instinct is like a 15 or six. I'm, I'm going to say 16 because I probably drove there myself, but I could have been 15. A natural, you know, inclination of a 15 year old, if they see money, is to just grab it. So well, I, and you I, think I you're like, it. it's probably a dollar in, or a 10. Yeah, if it, I'm I lucky. thought maybe it was a 10. And I looked at it and I was, I like, saw a hundred dollar bill. What am I going to do? And I, I, so what I did though, is I sort of stood around in there for a little while looking at books and stuff to see, because if I had lost a hundred dollars, I'd be retracing my steps. So I gave them what I thought was enough time to come and find it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, then I left. Cause usually you notice if you drop a hundred dollar bill. Like, like kind I, keep, of I keep a hundred dollar bill. Now this was Boca. Okay. So a hundred dollar <laughs> bill wasn't that much money to most people there. Me, it was, I lived on the other side of the tracks in the service industry side of the tracks. Yeah. And in there, 
you would think they would have come back. Look, nobody came back looking for it. I thought, you know what? I'll keep this. And I did. No, so I was, let's say I was 15 just to make the numbers even. Okay. Mm-hmm. This was, this was uh, 25 years ago. This is before you were born, Hattie. This is when I found the $100 bill. Now, looking back, I should, I believe I should have turned that in the way a year or so before I knew instantly. Do you think you corrupt with age? <laughs> if I found it now, and see, here's the funny thing. If I found it now, I would immediately turn, turn it, it in. If so I maybe- found a $1 bill, I probably would keep it. If I found a $5 bill, I would keep- definitely turn it in. Five, you would turn it in? I would in. turn in a $5, absolutely. To yeah. who? One, I might just keep. I think you'd keep a five. I really do. I think you would make a big deal out of it. And I'm sure that you would take it to a person and they would be like, I don't, I don't know, man, just keep it. Like, I feel like that would be the reaction. Like I'm picturing like an H-E-B parking lot. Mm -hmm. They're not going to care. If it's a parking lot, that's mine. If it's in a store talking about, Mm -hmm. this was in the store. Oh, I was thinking about parking lot. Maybe parking lot. I keep everything. Parking lot, that's my money. A five, I would, <laughs> that's the free, that's the really? <laughs> that's a free zone, that's out man. There? That's the street, you know, <laughs> whatever you find is, is this yours is out there. This is the out of doors. Nobody's uh, driving around and well, I lost a no. buck and a buck 50 in the parking lot. They're <laughs> not coming back to get that. So I, mm. uh, yeah, I think the, I think it's okay if it's outside, but this isn't a store. Looking back, I believe now I should have had the integrity to turn that hundred dollar bill in. But I couldn't imagine doing that. Thousands of dollars, I didn't think twice really about keeping. And I, of course, I would turn that in. It's like you're saying, the more money you have, the more money you find, the more you should turn it in. But even if I found like, I mean, it didn't even have to be hundreds or thousands or anything. It's like, I would say over, mm, I was about to say 10, but I think I might say 20. Yeah. I don't know. Seti Alpha 5 in the chat room, but back when I was I was t- asking if I should shut off your mic if you're going to take over the show. Oh. Seti Alpha 5, who we don't know if, if that's a male, female, or other, says, see, this is when some people would, pay, is, would say Dan's being so mean, shut off your mic. When uh, hab- habitues, which I think he means habitual listeners, or she, know that he's joking. I was joking. I know you're joking. I know you know, but for the <laughs> sake of the listeners, I, I'm, I'm joking. I haven't had to turn off your mic in days. <laughs> so this is the kind of thing that, that I had. See, we had a, 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 like five or six callers. And I think they got bored of my story because we've only got a they couple. Got bored of 512-518-5714 if you want to call in. I, that story was kind of boring. But that's the thing. I mean, what would you do? What would you do if you found money? I'm not talking about something that's like traceable. I'm not talking right, about like something a where check. a check and you find I'm not a check ever and, keeping a check. Right. And I mean, that would be, that would be crazy. Stupidest ever. But I, I'm talking about just money. What if you just found money? What if you sat down in a booth in a restaurant and there was a, a $20 bill sitting there? Let I, me ask you. This, now me, at a booth, that's yeah. even more. I'm going to turn that in. You're I don't know why. Let me ask you this question. Well, I, I would turn it in also. What if you lost $20? You knew that you had $20 in your uh, purse and then it was not there and you only went to one restaurant place. Would you go back and would you look for it? Would you look for the 20? I lost $20. I might call first. Did you find my $20? Yeah. Hey, was there 20 on the table? No. Then I'd be like, oh, well, obviously someone took it. And a picture of a president on it and the number's two zero on it. I can identify (laughs) it if you show it to me. (laughs) 
I can pick mine I out. I sign the back of all of the dollar bills that enter my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, I think uh, I've never gone back and looked for money. Now, Caitlin, uh-huh. did we ever do a follow-up on what happened with her rings? She found them. She found them. We mm-hmm. went to Ikea. She dropped her rings in the parking lot by accident. All of her rings she had taken off because she was using the hand gel because Ikea is filthy. The rings fell as she had put them on her lap, stood up. Rings went down on the ground in the Ikea parking lot. She went back out there later that night, found them. Not not been driven over. No, they were fine. She's wearing them to this day. <laughs> now we've got like eight the rings, callers. The rings fell is, the, is one of the titles. The rings fell. So she came back. She found her rings. If I had found rings, I absolutely would have turned them in. But it, this is a weird kind of integrity thing. Is it because at what point is it questioning your integrity to do something? And, and at, at what point is it just finders keepers? In business, in in day to day work practice, what would you, what would your decision be? If what do you, you mean find like out, in this office? If I found a thirty, not th- in if this I found office, no. Like like oh, like. Well, I'm here's probably going to be like Dan. Here's your money. <laughs> what if what if you knew? Okay, okay, all right, mm. all right, mm. all right. What this is another story. I was working at a store in a mall. Okay, and I found out that. Okay, so we had these uh, we had these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. This is maybe nineteen eighty seven or eight. Okay, we had these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys. Uh, don't I have I have all four of them in mint condition in the package still from the old days. Mm-hmm. Bring them in. No, those don't leave the airtight case that they're in. Bring the case in. Maybe I would like to see them. See okay. if they're the same ones. Okay, bring back some memories. I, we, we knew the skews of these things by heart because they were like the most popular toy in the store. Couldn't keep them in stock. One guy I found out, mm-hmm. what he would do is he would go and he would, um, kids would often come in and he would, they were, let's, let's make believe they were $5. I forget how much they were, Hattie, but they let's make believe they were $5. <laughs> A kid, what, you get something Someone from the says, how many years BH, which is before Hattie. Does this take place? Ah, this was probably <laughs> um, 3BH. 3BH, okay. Before and, I'm born? Yes. Okay. And so people, kids would come in and they'd buy them. And what this guy was doing is he would, instead of ringing up and actually processing the transaction, this is the old school days, Hattie. Right. This is a register with like buttons and well, a little you, receipt you would punch print out in the top how and much the cash drawer would pop yeah. open and you'd shut it. And there were no, no video scanners, cameras. There was no, no scanners. Yeah. There was no video cameras. Everything was manually entering with SKUs little price and prices. Tag, yeah. You could even say, oh, that's $5. You just type in $5. You can be whatever you want. Right. Yeah. What he would do is he would type in the SKU and hit a thing that would print out a receipt but mm-hmm. it would not actually total and close out the transaction. He would take the money from the kid and give them the receipt and the toy and they'd run out of there and he would pocket the money. Oh, so there was no actual record of that transaction right. happening. Essentially, wow. it was as if he had stolen that toy and given it to the kid for some money and kept it. He right. didn't do this, to my knowledge, a lot. He didn't do this a lot. That's so bizarre. But he would do it occasionally. Would you turn that person into the manager? Yeah. Would you approach the person first? No, and give them a chance. Uh, probably, yeah. Would you say, "Hey," I'd be like, "Oh, uh, what are you doing?" Yeah, no, that would really bother me too. 
As I don't a, like anybody 50, getting like an 15 unfair. Year old, as a fifteen-year-old, what would you have done? What if this person was twenty-five or something? No, they are also fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, what's? Uh, that's not cool. What and are then you, you doing? You would, you, you I'd be would like, rat them I out. want fifteen dollars. You would or rat them out and report them. Yeah, that would bother me. Yeah, because I spend so much time doing the right thing. If I did that one time, mm. I would be caught because that's how my luck goes. So no, All right, I would not, turn them in. We're not screening calls, so let me uh, just uh, let this person jump in. Seven six five area code. How are you? Hey, doing well. How are you? Good. What's your question? Or what are you calling for? What's going on? What is 765? Where are you? 765 is central Indiana, but I'm actually in Knoxville, Tennessee. Oh, Knoxville. Mm. That's not a bad town. Good music scene there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, indeed. Um, You got to love East Tennessee for what it's worth and the banjos. Then you have some barbecue there. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, it's not Memphis, but hey, it's Knoxville, and uh, it's been on Food Network. I was just, uh, I was just calling. I'll get to the point. Uh, I was just calling. I just wanted to say, um, I'm in uh, technology uh, retail, actually, with a very highly known company. Okay. And uh, I wanted to uh, just talk about um, reorganizing my life. You know, you're always talking about reinventing yourself, and um, you know, trying new things and, you know, just not necessarily quitting because you need to, you need to have the support of a family and a support group around you. And uh, you and Hattie are always talking about that. And I, and I really respect that. And I think that's key to anything that uh, anybody with a sense of knowledge can do. I mean, unless you're just drastically in that situation where you get fired, but that's not my situation. So, um, I just want to thank you for the show and for the opportunity that uh, you guys have been presenting to all of us listeners for the for the knowledge and uh, you know not necessarily quitting but being able to reinvent ourselves whether we have a corporate suit job or whether we're moving to another one. Um, I'm actually having the opportunity to move to a government stooge job <laughs> shortly, hopefully. What 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 do you what kind of government uh, job will you be doing? Um, similar to what I'm doing in the retail environment, but more on the enterprise level, um, having the training and the knowledge and being able to seek that out myself. Um, and you're, oh, and, uh, I wanted to chime in about what would I do if I found $20 in the mall parking lot? Yeah. You're in a, in, you're in a parking lot. First of all, thanks for your, for your yeah. comments. I really do appreciate the call. Uh, and, and, and I appreciate you, you listening. It means a lot. It really does. Uh, so yeah, you're in a parking lot. You find a $20 bill. What do you do? $20 bill. In the mall parking lot, it's fair game. In the store, it's got to go to a manager. There's strict um, policies about that kind of stuff where I am currently employed. And I've had men and women hand me dollar bills of various denominations. And it's just one of those things where you have to politely deny it and say, you know, you're more than welcome to bring us cookies if you want. But we got to share them with everybody. I'm not allowed to take favors, mm. so that's just that's just the way it is. So if you so today as you, you're in the mall. you're in you find it in a bookstore in the mall. You find it in, in a Barnes and Noble. You find a twenty dollar bill on the ground at Barnes and Noble. What do you do today? Sure, sure, it's fair game. You know, you might take it to the manager and say, "Hey, don't know if somebody lost twenty dollars, but at least you said." To the manager, you know, I found this, and if they said, "Hey, keep it," 
Digging. So you would defer. You, know? you would defer, defer to the authority. In in this case, the authority is the the store manager. Right, because or then then it's like store policy. You then know? it's like the, it's they're, they're making right, the right. Decision. You're the you've brought it to them, and they can now make the decision right. whether it is just to do whichever. In in my mind, sure. In my mind, caller, I've rewritten my memory, and I don't. I no longer remember if I. I remember that I kept the hundred dollar bill. I don't remember if I tried to turn it in or not. I'm pretty sure I didn't. But you know, <laughs> this is 25 years ago. You know, a this, bit is, Hatt- this yeah, is Hattie, there is. Hattie uh, plus three. Fair game. Hattie plus three. B H E before yeah. Hattie era is what they well, said. Well, so after Hattie is A H. So this oh, is three A H. Ah. This is a long time ago. So right. where, where are you going to? You're not in Austin for South by Southwest then, because you're not in like a cool tech company, right? Well, and by the way, what's your, what's your, you're bound to retail. What's your name? Because people will, will write in about you and they're going to want to know your name. First name. Uh, My name, my name is Josh. Josh. Okay. Josh Topolsky. Can we call you that? (laughs) No, I guess not. All right. So thanks for the call. I wish you were here. Thanks for the call. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for listening and, uh, and good luck. And I hope if you do. Take the corporate stooge job that, uh, the, you know, the new one in government that you stay happy. That's all it counts. Be happy. Right. Thank you, Dan. Thank Thanks you, Eddie, so much for your support. Take care of yourself, man. Good luck. Bye. All right. Bye. I like him. Somebody in the, in the chat room says, I found five bucks at work once. I turned it in. I'm pretty sure my manager pocketed it. Yeah. <laughs> you always run into that situation, too. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you ever turn in money here, I will promise to keep it in a special place. Oh, some guest in the chat room says, give the money to the next homeless person you see. Interesting. Just an interesting, I know I'm not going to get you started on that. Homeless is a whole different rant. But that's just an interesting option. Kind of pay it forward. Just saying. Hmm, There's some calls on here. They've been on hold for a little while. I want to get to them, but now I've got to talk about homeless. (laughs) You can't. I, I know. I know I'm. I shouldn't I, have brought it up. <laughs> this is where I I walk a line, Hattie, because I have I have some fairly strong opinions about this issue. I know you do. Fairly strong opinions about this issue, and I I I can see it from both sides. Let me present both sides to you, Hattie. Mm-hmm. This is where I will start to get email from people. No, I know that. That's why I said I'm sorry. I have to tread very lightly here. I know. First of all, here's here's what I have what I have read about this. And here's what I have read about. And this this may be all false. I apologize. Okay. I'm gonna offend some people now. I have read and have come to understand that a significant portion of homeless people, I have not used the word majority. A significant portion of homeless people mm-hmm. have um, are are um, what's the word I'm looking for? The politically correct version of the word. Nuts is not the politically correct version. <laughs> no, mental disabilities. Mentally disabled people in one way or another. Perhaps they have depression. Perhaps they're. Um, yes, it can be a various things. Who knows what they have? But they are not necessarily um, mentally healthy. Let's say. And that that may be the reason that they have uh, wound up on the street for whatever reason. Right. They are unable to continue in society. Because of a, of a, of a, a men, can I say mental problem? Is that bad? 
Uh, I would say mental disability. Men- mental is disability. The correct. All right. Thank thing. you. So that's one part of it. The other, there's another part of it, which is that they may be or may have been dependent on some kind of. Uh, uh, it could be a drug. It could be alcohol. It could mm-hmm. be something else that has led them to to that situation. In in other cases, they may have just been in in a job and the factory closed down and there was nothing that they could do and they don't have a family or support structure to turn to. Mm-hmm. One thing I will uh, I will say is that anybody that you see who is homeless, who is living on the streets, it, it probably isn't there through what any of us would call a rational decision. I think there's almost nobody who's living on the streets who has made a decision to get there because they preferred that to living in an apartment or a house. I think that's pretty much safe to say, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody can pretty much get on board. There's very few of them who say, I, li- I like this much better. And I'm sure there's a few. I believe, okay, I'm just, I'm just commenting from the chat room. I think psychologically. Psychological problem. Yes, then mental disability. I don't, I ne- I do not. Abolish me is pointing out 80% of CEOs are mentally disabled. That is absolute BS. It's 90%, maybe a hundred. <laughs> you mean 100% of CEOs are disabled? Yes. Not disabled. Yeah. Psychologically disabled. But I think, I, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are going to withdraw from society in one way. And I know people like that who've withdrawn from society and they're not homeless in the sense that they're panhandling on the side of a road. Displaced is now the politically displaced. not homeless. Okay. We so, retract all further or. So while I'm not talking about the intentionally homeless people or displaced. intentionally displaced people. I'm talking about people who are, or there not by choice, but who do this, this do should, you know, when you walk down the street and I know, I know Addy, you've never been to San Francisco. There are a large number of uh, homeless people in San Francisco. I would say, or, or, I'm sorry, disenfranchised. What is the word? Displaced. Disenfranchised? Displaced? <laughs> displaced. There are a lot of displaced people in San Francisco and other big cities, and there are a number of them here. Uh, and when what you do is you, you drive down the road here near the interstates, and they stand by the interstates, and they, they usually have a sign, and the sign tells the story of yes. why they're there. And the sign may say i'm i'm a parent of three kids i can't get a job or i don't have a job please help now in austin we do have a lot of options for those people there's the um, are those options army is that a safe place people the displaced people will say that it is not safe to stay there that they're that they that it is more dangerous for them there than on the street itself how so Uh, that they that there is crime being committed in the of mm, the displaced people i was kind of saying more not so much a place to stay maybe but for like a place to get food placement, or find a job. I think they help with that. I'm not 100% positive, but I hear about that. I mean, is is it is it have do you do have you ever given money to a homeless uh displaced uh, person? Uh I'm sure I have. Yes, I believe so. I have also. Yeah. Have you ever given them, you know, if they were asking for uh, I don't think money. I've ever given over. Have five. you ever given? Uh, have no. you ever given them food or offered to buy yes, them a meal? No. Now at my at my previous school, my high school, I believe, um, I was part of a thing called um, was it 
it was called Caritas, and then another one was Mobile Loaves and Fishes. And during during I think holiday times, uh, we would we would uh, you would take half of the day of school off, and you would all line up, and you would make bags of it would have I mean obviously I went to a religious school, so it would have a prayer, mm. a drawing from one of the first graders or something. <laughs> Something cute like that. Um, it would have a sandwich, an apple, and chips or something, you know, like a yeah. little package. And then at the at the end of the week, you would go and you'd pick up 10 in a big bucket and you would put them in the back of your parents' car at the time. And uh, and then you drive throughout the week and they say, give these out to any homeless person that you see, displaced person that mm-hmm. you see. So that was really nice. I liked the doing that and bars and things like that, like trail you know, bars. I, I, <sighs> I've been, I've read this. Mm-hmm. I don't know this to be true, but dis, I have read that many times that displaced people uh, don't spend the money that you give them on food. They spend it on something else. Yes, I have also heard that as well. I don't know if this is true. I don't know, but I've heard this. I have also been in situations where I've offered a homeless person to get them something to eat and they've said, no, just give me the money. It seems like they're, that that's... A thing. So I don't, I no longer give uh, displaced people money. I I won't do that. I've also seen news stories online um, or on the TV and stuff that will show a displaced person and then they follow them throughout the day and then they see them walk to their car, you know, take their hat off and stuff and then drive home to their house. I mean, that's... I've, I've heard of that too, so... I don't know. And, and the fact is, here's the thing. And I'm, I, I think if you see somebody who's panhandling or whatever you would call it, a displaced person, trying to get money from the cars as they sit there, that to me seems like a, a questionable position. That doesn't, if you want, so here's my advice. If you would like to help disenfranchised and displaced people, donate your money to, to a certain the the places like you're describing, or give your time to go serve at a soup kitchen. Right, mm-hmm. give your time, donate your time. I put both of the links, Caritas and Mobilism Fishes, in the chat room. Because if 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 those are things that people are, uh, if you're wanting to help, you know, help those uh, organizations which are are. I just have a problem with handing somebody money without if if they're saying they need it for food, get them food if you must help them if you feel inclined to help them. I just, I have a problem with this, especially the ones who are not, you know, like when they're just standing by the side of the road, you can just, you you can make a choice to interact with them or not. But when you're walking down a street, like a San Francisco street, and then they talk to you and they follow you and they go around with you and they comment about what you're doing or they yell at you. I visited San Diego once, I think two years ago for spring break or something. And I was walking on the beach and they yelled at me. And when I, you know, when I said, oh, no, I have, I didn't have my purse on me, first of all. I didn't have anything. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was being rude and like waving a hundred dollar bill and saying, no, I can't give you any money. And, uh, and they yelled at me. Oh, mean, mean, mean things. Yeah, yeah. Very mean. All right. Let me, Made me feel bad. Let me take another one of these calls. 515, you're on the air. Hello? Hi, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Pretty good. I can still hear myself uh, coming uh, coming back to myself. Are you listening to us on the computer or something? Um, no. Okay. Iowa? Uh, 
Iowa, yeah. My okay. name's Ryan. Hi, uh, I made the, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but I made a portrait of you and Merlin for 5 by 5 Oh, that's neat. I don't know if I, if we're just, did you send that to us or did you put it online or what? Uh, uh, Merlin found it. Uh, I don't know. He tweeted back at me uh, that he found it. Well, thanks for uh, doing that. That's very, know, I, very I cool. I found it. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm a, I'm an illustrator artist uh, from Iowa, and um, this might go with your sort of integrity theme. Or, okay. Or, uh, it's all right if you go off that. It's fine. Integrity. <laughs> but uh, one of the best things I think I never did was uh, go to art school, and um, uh, uh, out of out of high school, instead of going to art school, I was in a band and I toured the country and did that sort of thing. Um, recorded albums, did did the whole sort of nine yards, and uh, uh, wow, damn, I'm really nervous. Don't be nervous. You're among friends. We're just man. we're just hanging out. You're among friends. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that that w- in a way that was better real world experience for me in doing this than than art school ever would have been. Um, and and uh, you know no no debt or anything. And um, uh, I, I've I've kind of I feel like I've heard you sort of almost talk about your opinions about uh, higher education, like maybe a. Uh, it's not something you think is necessary or, or something because you, obviously you do something that you can't go to school for. You can't, uh, uh, you just have to learn by doing. And, and, uh, you know, a, a lot of what I do as an artist and I think what you do as a, a podcaster broadcaster is, is like, you don't need people's permission to work hard or uh, do whatever. And, um, just, just kind of going out there and doing it and working hard is almost as much as you need to do in a lot of circumstances to uh, start a business or, or, or follow your passion, I guess. Because um, clearly you're very passionate about what you do. You didn't need anyone's sort of go-ahead to be a – well, what, what do you call yourself, Dan? Um, broadcaster, maybe? Broadcaster, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's just something you do, and and um, um, yeah, I guess I, I was always curious of your thoughts about, uh, I guess that that topic of of going to college and and that sort of thing, because obviously five by five is sort of geared towards tech people, but I really think there's a lot of artists and and mm-hmm. designers and creatives. People, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Hattie, you you listen to. Quit if if you know as as a designer if you weren't involved weren't wouldn't you oh I was I, I you know I was I got my degree in graphic design and I was I listened to you know hypercritical like that's not about design at all <laughs> all right so that, that's a great yeah, that's yeah, a great I, question I mean uh, you know I appreciate you asking it. and and yeah you know I've never I've kind of talked about it a little bit so stay on the line we'll talk about this um you know. I probably am the least educated person in my family. Um, no, I'm, I'm absolutely serious. Um, my my mom has a master's degree. My dad has a master's degree as well. I think that, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you because I'm getting feedbacks. But you hang on the line. I'll come back to you after I'm, I'm done talking. Um, you know, my my dad had the master's degree. My grandfather was like at the PhD kind of a level. My grandmother was in education. I mean, my mom 
until like very, very recently, she's retiring is an English professor at college. So, you know, my, my cousins have advanced degrees. Everybody has advanced degrees except me. And, you know, I, I, so I definitely come from, I come from a family that values education. My mom's a professor at college. My aunt has been running the, uh, the library at a university. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the least educated, but I knew, I always knew that I was never going to pursue an, any kind of advanced degree. I wanted to get my bachelor's degree and, and get out of there as fast as I possibly could because I knew that f- that was not the thing for me, that I knew that I was going to make my way uh, some other way. So I believe very strongly in the value of education. I believe, I mean, we, we would not have the kinds of technology and medicine and you name it without people who have pursued advanced degrees. And certainly the same is true in the technology space as well. I don't think in a million years that we would have the kind of tech that we have without people who have, you know, gone very, very far in their education. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm all for that. However, I, I don't believe, and again, here, this is only my opinion, but that's what she asked for. I don't believe that there's any direct relationship between education and being a successful business person. I, when I think about people who have been successful in business, most of the people that I'm talking about, I'm talking about coming up with something and doing it and making it happen. Those people are generally, and this is my observation, so there you go, these people are generally pretty freaking fed up with education. They're pretty bored of sitting in classes and watching professors talk about stuff and How learning about stuff it. that I don't think I'm going to need in the real world. These people want to get out there and do something. And I've never been more bored or fed up in my entire life than sitting in the back of that class waiting for the damn bell to ring. I hated school. I hated it. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I didn't do extracurricular activities. I worked. I started working at Burger King when I was 13 years old because I wanted to get out of there. I wanted to make my own mark in the world. I wanted to make some money, not because I wanted money to spend on crap, but because I grew up without any money. My, my parents were always had no money. So if I ever wanted anything, I had to buy it myself. I wanted to get out there and do something and do something that meant something. I wanted my independence. I wanted the ability to choose what I do. And yeah, in this job, guess what? I have to do shows. And if I need to do those shows, I'm supposed to do them at certain times because people expect them at certain times. And I also have co-hosts that I have to do the shows with. And those co-hosts expect to do shows at certain times. I have sponsors who are saying, well, you better do that show because we paid for it. So yeah, I still have bosses. I still have people, but I'm, I'm accountable to those people as opposed to being bossed by them. But I knew that I wanted to be independent in one way or another. That was my goal. So being that being my goal, sitting in the back of that class, taking a Western Civ thing. Now, now I see the value of that. Now I see the value of geometry and algebra and Western Civ. Those things now are important to me. But at the time, I didn't see the it was value. Hard to understand. I saw no value in those things. They were irrelevant. They weren't going to get me where I wanted to go. But the fact is they were important. Learning about world history is important. Learning about your country is important. Learning about science and math and those things is very, very important. However, 
in my opinion, if you get through that bachelor's degree and you feel like you want to go and try something, like go try it. Right. You know, I don't think that an advanced degree or an MBA is going to help you be a successful business person. I think it determines or your what you need out of it. If you think you need more schooling, then a further degree is for you. But if you think you're set without it, then you don't need it. I think it I think you determine what you need out of school. Yeah, you do very much do, Hattie. And I think if you are if you're the type of person who enjoys sitting in a lecture and really learning and studying and you're actually absorbing it and all absorbing and not just it, sitting there. <laughs> then then that's it. But don't don't be fooled into thinking that you need an advanced degree. That you need an advanced degree in order to get out there and, and start a business. Does that make sense, caller? Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm not trying to dissuade you know, people who are passionate about school from going to school and going to get a degree. Like, do that, especially if your parents are footing the bill. But I'll tell you what, if you're if you're there and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I kind of am sort of interested in chemistry, but I'm not really sure I'm interested in it. But I, I kind of want to learn more about glass and how glass works on a molecular level. You know, get out there and like travel and see the world and work. I know people, Hattie, who have who have never worked. They graduate from college and they've never worked. They've never worked. Is that you? No, I remember I had that that internship for. Well, I did, I interned and then I worked. And you worked at the, the right at the graphic design firm. And you worked yeah. in the mall. Yeah, but I don't ever count. Oh, that you as count that? It's a job. <laughs> But I know people that have never worked and they get out into the workforce and they think, oh, I, you know, this is this is what I went to school for. And they're like, you know, they're, they're it, it's completely different from what they think it's going to be. Your knowledge is not what work. gets you through work. These people who went and they, you know what, I, I think sports are really important for school and, and all of that stuff. I think I think doing extracurricular activities, if you go to a good school and you can be a part of it. But I also think working is very, very important. And I think working in conjunction with having, uh, with, with, whether it's going to school in high school or college or whatever, but having a job is equally important to having those kinds of involvement in school. So I think when you're finally at that point where, so what are you, are you trying to decide if you want to go back to school now or what? No, no, not particularly. You just want to know my opinion. Yeah. I just wanted to know your opinion. It it seemed like something you, you kind of wanted to touch on. I thought maybe you didn't want to alienate a large part of your audience going to school. But, um, but, but I guess what, what interests me about it or what my, what, uh, I'm interested in your opinion for is, is just the fact that you are passionate and, and like you just said, like, uh, sort of the self-initiated learning, uh, is key to like figuring out what you're passionate about. I would get, yeah, it, it really is. And if I had been, if I had picked the right major in school and I could go back to school now, I would have gotten so much more out of it now. I totally agree with that now. As like working my, and then going back to school would be pretty much the best idea ever. Totally. I would pay so much more attention. I could, Seriously. I could handle the classes in the way that I don't think that I was ready for at the time. I'm not talking about medical school or becoming a lawyer. Right, but right, just right. This is just school. General, <laughs> general school, college. Like Psychology I re- one. I remember uh, thinking it was hard. Oh, it's so much easier than working. Forget about it. The hardest class I ever had was like one day at work for the whole semester condensed down. The thing I just didn't like about school was all the homework. I hated coming home from a day of working and then having to do more work attributed to that. 
I mean, there's certain, there's certain things where like, like if I, if I'm going to a doctor and I want medical care, I want them to have the highest. Yes. Go as far as you can possibly go. (laughs) If I want, you know, legal representation, I sure do hope they went to law school. Right. If, if someone's going to be an engineer and they're building my building that I'm going to live in or my house, please, please know how to do this. (laughs) But I hear people all the time who say, well, you know, what what do you want to do? Well, I want to be in business. Well, what business? Well, I don't know. I just, I'm working on my MBA. Well, find your passion first, like work in the real world. I mean, no, nobody's going to criticize you for working for a year or two and then going back to school. I, I, I respect that. All right, listen, I'm going to let you go. What else, what else I was going to cool. say? Well, I'm going to let him, good. I'm going to let him go. Thanks for the call. Bye. Have a good weekend. What were you going to say, honey? I was going to say that, um, also, uh, you know, Gus is into, um, art history. Mm-hmm. Now she could stop at, at just the regular bachelor's level mm-hmm. but think about this everyone in her field will have a higher degree than that right. so therefore if she wants to make it anywhere in that degree she to has do to do more. it it's not even if she wants to or not she has to if she wants to make it in that world in and that she's, realm. Pa- she's passionate about right that. that's her she's figured out her interest and mm-hmm. she's pursuing it and mm-hmm. she's she's realized and therefore it's not work to her it's mm-hmm. not hard work to to i mean obviously something, it's, it's hard, hard work, work but it's something she right likes. it's something she wants to do she had the flu for like two days and she's over it already. Well, she took the Tammy. Uh, the Tamiflu, flu, yeah. And also what I was going to say is that I feel like school for you, Dan, you're a very self-motivated person. A lot of people are not that. And I feel like school. Was an obstacle for me. School that was an obstacle where in school over. other people are learning self-motivation. You already had that. Are they learning that? I think so. They're learning self-motivation in school? To Yes, you have to study for this test. Yes, you have to read this book in order to pass, in order to continue onward. Like, I think so. I would say that's imposed motivation. That's, that's imposed the, motivation, the but a, the but a, you're learning. You're learning. Do you ever fail class? No, no, almost. I had a D in like a history from. 17 something to like a, there was a year. Span. You want to know how dumb I was? Oh, it's not good. I, I was dumb because when I didn't like a class, if it wasn't interesting to me, I didn't pay attention and I didn't do the work and I would fail the tests. And guess what I would have to do? I'd have to go to summer school. Oh, I so summer school so I didn't have any breaks from school because I had to go to summer school after ninth grade and 10th grade and 11th grade. Because I didn't pay attention to the stuff I didn't like and I had to repeat it <laughs> in summer school. I never missed a grade. Like I never like I was held back or anything. But I wound up spending at least, you know, what, what do they call it? A semester? At least one summer school semester. Yeah. Because I had failed a class. And I mean, I would fail stupid stuff like algebra too. Like I would fail that or geometry or whatever. Geometry was a lot like programming once I started paying attention. I loved it. I never had to retake a class or anything like that. Yeah, the only time, that. I think in college. Idiot I was. I, I just, just paid I attention so and worked scared. hard. I was so scared to have to pay for that class all over again. Because like you pay for the individual class, you know. And mm-hmm. like I, I never did that in college. I didn't want to. Oh my gosh, my parents would have killed me. No, this is all high school. I'll tell you one thing. High school too. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> Well, they had to pay for your high school. Uh, yeah, and they were not redoing that one. <laughs> I did not learn how to work hard at something that I didn't like until I had graduated and was in the workforce. If it didn't, in high school and college, if it didn't come easy for me, 
and it wasn't automatically easy, then I didn't know that I did. I didn't know how to push through. You know, the only way out is right, through. Right, where you hit that wall and you're... now, oh, I can push through the most miserable stuff in the world. I, I can do the worst stuff in the world. I can do stuff I absolutely hate doing, and I can I can stick to it. And I can keep doing it. But I had to learn that as an as a young adult, and that's not when you want to learn that. That's this is not when you want to My mom learn would that. always say, there's always going to be something that you don't want to do. Yeah. And you just have to do it. <laughs> it's good advice. Mary is yeah. wise. She is wise. Lady. Wise beyond her years. First sponsor, our only sponsor today, I think. Right? Unless I you only see one show. Only one, see Unless one show. Unless you want to flip to the run of network and. Nope, not today. Not today. Okay. Not today. Squarespace, everything. I love these guys. Mm-hmm. They're going to be out here for South by Southwest. We're getting together with them in a week. Did you know that? Yep, you told me. Squarespace, everything you need to make an amazing website. They're fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful site. It's a blog. It's a portfolio. It doesn't matter. No matter how experienced you are with building sites or if you're not experienced at all. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about, Hattie, right here. Mm-hmm. There are tools that if you don't want to learn how to build a site, I don't want to learn. You know what? I build enough sites. I don't want to learn how to build a site anymore. Give me something or to make it time. awesome. I don't have the time for that. I don't want to sweat it. Make it awesome. Let me start out with it awesome and just make it work the way I want. That's what Squarespace is. You create your site and customize your site by dragging around little blocks of content. Oh, I want a blog here. I want a photo gallery here. I want to integrate with Twitter on this page. I want to turn off comments. No, I don't. It lets you do all of that. Now they've added something called Squarespace Commerce. That is amazing. You can sell stuff right there the same way that you would add a page. Now you just add a product. You upload pictures of the product. You set pricing. You do everything that you need to do. Shipping costs for it, inventory, packing slips. Oh, it's a digital product? Well, they have the cool 24-hour you know, expiring link. They have it all. And they're partnered with, uh, with Stripe to make this available for you. Stripe is the best. That's what we use for our membership stuff. Mm-hmm. When you sign up for a year, you get a custom domain name and 20% off. Two years, you get a custom domain name and 25% off. And if you use the code, this says frequency three here, but it's not right. Mm, That's not right. No, Stooge three. Stooge three. That's a black mark on your, <laughs> my, your uh, daily my, report. My daily report. Stooge three. Free. Now, if you were to use frequency three, that would work, but that would not give this, this, this show. show credit. And you're going to go to squarespace.com slash quit. All sorts of squarespace.com slash quit. Stooge three. And Stooge three is the code to use. You'll get 10% off even if you go month to month. If you go month to month, if you go, uh, if if you sign up for the year, it's an additional 10% above and beyond everything else again. This is a great deal. And these folks are super cool. And this is the best software out there. Squarespace.com slash quit. Check them out. I'm a little nervous about the this Hello? background noise. Yeah, how are you? Just fine. How are you, Dan? I'm fine. Are you driving? I am actually. Uh-huh. I'm on a Bluetooth, so I'm safe. I'm not <laughs> going to hurt anyone. <laughs> Good. Is it legal to drive in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, with uh, w- with a Bluetooth phone? It is. Okay. Yes, it is, and I should know because you're a cop. Uh-huh. No, I'm a lawyer, unfortunately. Oh, mm-hmm. lawyer. A shark, as we say. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead and hang up now if you want. No, I, I want to talk to you. Well, thanks. Uh, my name is Zach. 
And uh, I'm actually calling kind of as a follow-up to last uh, last week's show okay. on remote working. Um, and you mentioned that it's uncommon for attorneys to do this, to do the remote working. Yeah, don't you guys have and to be I, all I, in I, in a in a in a like one place together, working the late hours, and you have a legal assistant, and you got the law library with all the old books in it. And when we're working on a case, you go, I need those briefs on my desk, and then the the law the, the assistant runs out, and grabs it all, brings it back in, and stacks. And then you get like a you like got like five stacks of books all the way up to the ceiling on your desk, and you're just like peering through them. And you call your wife, and you're like, Honey, I can't make it home tonight for dinner. And say, What do you mean? I've got a baby here. I can't I can't do this by myself. And you're like, Honey, I'm in the middle of a case. What do you want from me? If I, I can't make partner if I don't win this case, and, and how can you not? How can you remote work? That snowballed quickly. <laughs> I'm saying that's that's what a lawyer is. I've watched the firm. Is it like the firm? To, listen, is it like the firm? True or false? It's just like the firm. Exactly, exactly okay. like the firm. Yeah, you got to figure out. Well, the reason why I think uh, lawyers are hesitant, and of course, it depends on the practice. I'm a litigator, so. It's important for me to see people face-to-face to judge whether or not they're lying to me, whether they're going to do well in court, that type of thing. But if you're a tax lawyer, then you could do that easily because you don't need to talk to anyone. Nobody wants to talk to you anyway, so why would you bother? Um, but you, you, you're, so are you saying that, that you guys have to go in, uh, you have to go in and you can't remote work or you do remote work? What are you saying? Yeah, I'm saying that it's possible, depending on what kind of attorney you are, but I think the reason why, I don't think this is just for attorneys, but I think this is generally applicable. The reason why people don't, or managers don't want their employees to remote work is because the manager doesn't really know how to measure how good the work is in the first place. And so they think that a good measure of how hard you're working is your presence alone, because the manager really isn't confident enough to know whether or not the product is a good product. Hmm. And so they measure that quality by presence rather than the actual you know, value of the product itself. That's a fascinating take on it. And I think you're right. I think so you're saying even if things are done on time, even if the product that you're building is done on time and does come out and works, you're saying that the manager, the product manager, whoever it is, is still thinking, I don't know if this is good enough because they weren't here. I couldn't tell they were working. Maybe they could have worked an extra two hours and we would have had that extra feature. Exactly. Exactly. And I also think that the client kind of drives a lot of that. I know it's true in the law practice. Um, I work for large corporations that only only will pay for certain things. So you have this perverse incentive to bill a lot of hours because you know that half of your bill will be written off anyway. And so there's this incentive to work harder, work longer hours in the office to show that you're actually doing something. Again, it's because the client, or in some cases, if you're the partner and you, or if you're the associate and you're working for a partner, whoever you're answering to doesn't have a good way to measure how good your work is. And so I think there's a lot of kind of this mythology around being in the office and working long hours to produce good work. Uh, and if you're also producing really good work and not working very much, so you're highly efficient, then that just means you get a lot more work. That's good. Okay, so very good points. I need to process this because this is something that I think so many of my listeners are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And is that just bad management? Is that just purely bad management and nothing more? 
Is it a bad management I think philosophy? So. I think it could be generational. You know, like, like you and David were talking about last week with uh, it being kind of a hold of from the 80s or the 90s. I can tell you that the legal industry is one of the last industries to adopt anything uh, new or different. And so, you know, it's a holdover from like the 1800s for us. Uh, but I think that depending on your constraints, so for instance, if you miss something in a brief or you miss something that you are trying to argue, then mm-hmm. you could lose it forever. You know, there's absolute and dire consequences. And so you want to try to include everything you possibly can. And so you don't, oftentimes people aren't confident in their work. They just want to be completely thorough. Mm. When in fact, if they could pick out one or two of the main points to argue and they could win on those main points, it could actually be more effective than taking a kitchen sink approach, including everything. So I think that kind of culture filters down through all the workers and you end up just trying to work as much as you possibly can, which translates into being in the office as much as you possibly can be, et cetera, et cetera. So let me ask you a question. Sure. Do you consider us as a society to be overly litigious? Yes, I would say so. And, uh, and I know that that's something that my fellow attorneys out there are probably, you know, um, doing a whole face palm right now because you have a lawyer who's saying we're overly litigious. But I think it's, I, honestly, I think it's a cultural issue where we as a society individually don't like conflict and we're uncomfortable confronting people. Mm-hmm. But yet we're really excited to get somebody else to go do that for us. So on a personal level, I think we could cut down on a lot of the litigation if we would just walk across the street to our neighbor and say, hey, you stop digging up my driveway or whatever it is, versus having to take them to court over it. But I think that we would rather stay a little bit anonymous if we could or protected. Of course, that's why we get paid is we're the number one people to blame. I mean, people hire lawyers so they have someone to represent them, of course. Uh, but I think we could cut down on some of the needless litigation if we would just talk to each other directly. Do you do corporate litigation mainly? I do corporate and I also do family litigation. Which is worse? Oh, <laughs> I think uh, you have the family litigation is more difficult because so as a little bit of a background, I prefer high conflict cases. That's where I'm the most comfortable. What does that mean? So what the, what, I what does that mean? I only take cases where people well, where people are already fighting. Uh, I don't do that many, for instance, amicable divorces or anything like that. Mm. I do mostly custody battles, divorce battles, things like that. And and the reason why is because I like clients who are invested in the representation. So if you're really angry about it, then you're going to be more, you're going to communicate with me more, and we're going to be able to work out a better strategy for your case than if you're just kind of passive and you didn't really care what was going on. Mm. And so, but I think corporate litigation is interesting because you're fighting for, you have to really find the person behind it. Uh, So some people say, I don't want to do corporate work because it's only about money. Well, that's true, but that money keeps other people alive. You know, you have to find the person behind that money for me anyway, in order to be interested in it. But with the family litigation, you are seeing the people who are involved directly. Pretty interesting. Well, why do you listen to this show? That's a good question. I have several clients that are tech clients. Um, I actually 
So that's why how I got involved with five by or got acquainted with five by five. And then, uh, and so I like to be up on the issues. It's just a hobby of mine. And then the reason I listen to quit is because I find it's interesting for the guests that you have and then the opinions that you have, how easily people are willing to accept other people's opinions as experts who have zero qualifications. <laughs> so that's just interesting to me uh, as it is. And I'm always interested to see what is motivating people. As I manage people, I want to know what they're thinking. I don't want to be out of touch. And so it's, it's useful for me to understand what kind of your audience is going through as they're trying to find jobs or going through different uh, issues in life. What kind of qualifications do you, do you think people should be looking for when they take advice from someone? I think it would be nice to know what kind of situations they have been through that are similar to their own. And then to see how the, the decisions they made have actually benefited their lives. Hmm. Um, so, and I think it's really good to listen to someone who's gone through some different failures. I think that's all obviously very helpful. That's the thing, isn't it? Talking to somebody who's, who's got the experience to say, you know, like if, if I went to, if I, I would actually feel good talking to a lawyer and getting advice from a lawyer who's lost and won. I don't want, I don't want to talk to a guy who's only, or a woman person who's just only one. Like you would say, Oh wow, they haven't lost any cases. And well, no, talk to me, talk, let me talk to the person who lost on your lowest day. Yeah. Yeah. What did they learn? Cause if you don't, if you don't screw up, like how do you, how do you get better? Yeah. Here's a tip for the listeners. The lawyer can choose what kind of cases they want. Right. And so, a lawyer who never has lost has only taken slam dunks and has withdrawn or gotten rid of other cases that they knew were losers. So, you know, putting a lot of stock in the win-loss record is difficult for uh, for everyday clients because they're, they're with the, nobody has a way to judge how good a lawyer is if they're not very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. If you've never had to deal with a lawyer before, then it's completely intimidating. You have no way to know whether or not they're good. So you just kind of have, in my opinion, you have to go to people you generally trust as a person and hope that they're also want to represent your interests in the courtroom. Very, very interesting. So listen, what, uh, if I guess you don't practice outside of uh, wherever you are, but if I need advice, can I call no, you up? Sure you'll give me, give me some free advice if I need it. Can I, will you give me some free advice if sure I need thing, it? Ever? Call me up. All right. Yeah. Send us yeah. an email and we'll, um, uh, we'll keep, we'll keep you on there. You can be our resident uh, attorney. Awesome. Sounds great. All right. Send us an email with your info. A little bit of career advice, or do you need me to go? You you want career advice? No, no. I just want to share something with the listeners that I went to recently. Okay. So this is career advice from you for the listeners. Sure. Okay. Go for it. I've heard listeners call in who are in different jobs and they're considering whether or not they should go on interviews. And I think you were spot on when you you said go on the interview. Um, it not only gives you the opportunity to get in front of someone and to pitch yourself, but as a, as a side note to that, I would also add, be absolutely honest. If you have a job that you're not going to lose and you're out shopping for other jobs and you're looking for something that may be better, be absolutely honest about what you want because for one, that will help you. And I think it just gives you a lot of freedom to actually find something that is exactly what you want. The other side of it is I think it helps you figure out exactly what you want. Yeah. Because during that interview, you're telling them this is exactly who I am and what I want to do with my career. It gives you a good test to determine whether that's really true or not. How does that sound coming out of your mouth when you're trying to tell someone else? 
Very good advice. Thanks so much for the call. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for, for answering. I'd appreciate, I'd sure appreciate that. Take uh, Send us your info. We'll call you up when we need advice. We'll do. Thanks, All right. Dan. Bye. Bye. He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a lawyer. <laughs> never know what you're going to get with one of them. No, really, you don't. I know. You never know. I think I have time for one more call. So much for doing emails. I get so many emails. I want to respond to them. I know all. you do. They're I know. so good. Next, Hattie, next episode, I'm going to do it. No calls. I'm just going to go through these emails. Okay. Okay. I think. Uh, I think until we decide something different. Yeah. But I think, uh, you know, it, I it's, thought his that's comment. That's to do with no guests, but just saying. I thought his comment about people not liking confrontation. That's a very interesting topic. (laughs) Confrontation is an amazing topic. Caitlin earlier today was just saying, oh, I don't mind confrontation one bit. Where I'm the opposite. (laughs) It's interesting because I don't, certain kinds of confrontation, I I absolutely welcome it. I don't even like a uh, debate because that's too mad to me. (laughs) Too mad? Too, I'm putting that in quotes. Mad, like that—that's too much. You, you and I angry have emotions. had debates in the past. Not heated debates, I don't think. Well, nobody, nobody cried. Well, you may have cried, right? But I, I guess I just don't like the stirring up of negative emotions. Hmm. Mm. See, I think for a lot of people, the confrontations are negative, and I think for other people, to me, all, all well, no, that's not true. Because you can have a confrontation with someone that is positive. Is it possible for you to have a conversation with somebody where you have one opinion and they have a different opinion and not have it feel negative? Yes, but I think it's all to do with tone of voice. And uh, I think sometimes people, when they feel threatened, they will then press their opinion even further into Mm. you and therefore they're becoming offensive, uh, defensive in a way. Because they feel that their idea is being threatened, so therefore they must re they must attack you with mm. their point of view. And I, I mean, to be to put it plainly, I'm a terrible arguer, just in general. <laughs> no, really you're am. no, you're not. No, I am. No, you're not. No, I am. No, you're not. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> <laughs> we got one more call. We're going to take here, and then I think we're going to be done. I think th- I'm trying to learn these area codes at him. Trying to memorize them all. <laughs> There's no way. No, I think I'm doing it. I'm going to guess Massachusetts uh, for this one. Is this Massachusetts? Yes. See, I knew it. Yeah, how you guys doing? We're doing great. What's your call about? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, I'm calling from Boston. Uh, I knew I it. Got some, uh, some, I got some things going on in my life that are that are really cool and have a lot of cool things. That I have to uh, thank you guys for. Uh, just, I've just been expanding my horizons. You know what I mean? Well, you're welcome. Um, so yeah, I, I manage a nightclub, which is really cool. Okay. Are you? And are you? You? you is I it? Like, do you own the the nightclub, or you're a, you're a manager? I don't. I'm a general manager. Okay. And I do publicity for the thing. Nice. And it's a really fun job. But you know what, dude? It doesn't pay all that well. You know, it doesn't, I hear the numbers you, 
scream out to people about what kind of salaries they need to be making and like tech jobs and stuff. Do you want to do you want to mention which uh, which nightclub it is? You know, I probably shouldn't in case anyone's listening. But uh, no, then don't. I, I don't want you. But uh, but it's it's an, it's an awesome job and and I love it. And is it uh, in the back bay? Or like, uh, no, it's in Cambridge. Oh, okay, nice. Um, so what I'm getting at is I love my job. It drives me a little crazy. It doesn't pay me. I'd like to be making like twice the amount of money as you know. Mm. But, uh, the thing is that the other thing I like to do is write. Like I've been doing like journalism stuff, covering like cool stuff like comic books and pop culture and things like that. But all that stuff I'm doing is for free. And I keep thinking that if I start writing more and more and more, I'll eventually get paid for it. But I don't really, you know, it's like I'm doing a lot of stuff for free and I'm doing a lot of stuff in my regular day job that just doesn't pay the, a lot of money. Yeah, And I just want to like be moving towards like being creative and like doing all this stuff like writing and being a journalist as well as like, I don't know, being involved with managing my nightclub and all that. So I don't know where to get started from or to like get paid writing is the thing that I'm having trouble doing because I'm doing all this stuff for free. Well, explain to me a little bit more what <sighs> what kind of writing you're doing exactly. Uh, so there's like a weekly arts, weekly newspaper in town that I write for and I do, I do a column for them and I do a, a, I write a, I wrote some blog posts for some other pop culture and comic book blogs and things like that and do a podcast. And obviously that doesn't make any money for me, <laughs> you know? So I do like weekly, I do weekly things. Okay. So uh, what, one, one thing, know, I, let me, let me respond to that before you say it. When you say that you're doing it for free, <laughs> what I believe you're doing, what, what I believe you should say, or maybe a better way for you to think of it is you're doing it without financial compensation. And let me explain why I identify that as, as a difference. The fact that you are, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but right now you're not, you're an unknown writer. In other words, you, you don't, you know, you you couldn't uh, you couldn't show up in a bookstore and people wouldn't probably line up to get you to autograph things. You're you're not like a you're not like a professional writer. You're not you're still essentially an unknown uh, person, right? I mean, is that is that correct? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I'd agree with you there. Okay, sure. so right now, by writing these things, although you're not being paid to write them, you're not doing it for free either. In the sense that what you're really doing is you're getting exposure. So you're spending your time and hard work. Uh, and uh, to create something that they are then publishing and putting in front of an audience that I'm guessing might be a bit larger than you could access otherwise. So don't think of it as doing stuff for free. This is this is the way that writers get their name out there. This is the way that writers eventually parlay that gig into one that actually does pay. Are you any good? Are you a good writer? I think that I'm pretty good. I don't want to pat myself on the back too much but no you've got to be confident and, about and it. if do, you're if you feel like you're a good writer yeah i'm a good writer yeah i think i yeah, am a good writer. yeah i i for, for sure i am and and i i know that what i do contribute to the community like the arts community and and like my podcast is cool and i get the name out there for my podcast and 
you know, all that stuff is really cool, but you're right. I'm not getting paid financially. And I do recognize the value in like advertising, like my brand or my podcast. And you know, that everybody knows that this column comes out every Wednesday about comic books and things like that. So yeah, I, I do get that, but I guess what the kind of like the, the back to work or quit the kind of paradox I have about it is like, I definitely can't quit my job and just write all the time. Right. And I, I am, I am writing and, and I know that I'm good and I'm like waiting for that, you know, big break or whatever that's, that sort of pushes me over into just being like a writer all the time or at least doing it so that I, I'm getting, it, it's helping me, you know, pay the bills a little bit. So I think what you want to do is you want to take the work that you're doing now and on it's doing two things. It's doing three things for you. The first thing that it's doing is it's getting you exposure that you probably wouldn't have otherwise. Number one, number two, it's something that you can then put on your resume so that when you're trying to get a job as a writer or trying to get a paying gig as a writer, you can say, yes, I've written this many columns for these three publications or whatever it is you're doing. And, uh, and, and the third thing is it's making you a better writer because you're actually doing it and you're doing it in the context of real world experience. And what I mean by that is this is not you writing a blog post whenever you feel like it. This is you writing something which will be uh, hopefully read by an editor and published in an actual publication and most, most likely uh, with a deadline involved. Uh, so it's, it, that's a very real job experience. So you're doing everything that you should be doing yeah. and you sound very motivated. The the next thing that you want to do, first of all, if you like writing the things that you're writing, you could always go to your editor, uh, managing editor there and say, Hey, you know, I, I put a whole lot of time into these things. I sure do love doing it. And I'm really appreciative of uh, you guys giving me the chance. I would love to make a little bit of money from this. Is 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 there any way I could make some money from doing this? Who knows? Yeah. They might have a job. Yeah, for actually, you. yeah, no, I've actually done that, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, not in the budget, but you know, there's free tickets to these things, and we're going to give you some some comp meals at some restaurants, and we do appreciate it." And like, they know, they you know, know what I mean? Yeah, like, they know that, that I'm looking for that for sure. And the the oh, the other thing is that. Um, kind of the Gary Vaynerchuk, like go home, kiss your dog, work on stuff. And when you get home from work, it's like, I'm doing that. And it's sort of driving my girlfriend a little crazy. Cause I'm like, I'm, I gotta get up and, you know, read these comic books and write about them. Or like, I have to, you know, maybe she's, while she's still asleep, I'm like up and like working for a couple hours so we can have the, the, you know, sort of family time. And then the, the work time and stuff. But do you, lo do you love you this know, girl? Do you love Do you love this girl? Oh yeah, I absolutely. Do. Think you might marry her yeah. one day. Oh uh, yeah, you know. Never know. Well, sure. then, 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 then here's what you do. You say, "Honey, I'm doing this for us," because when we get married down the road one day, I want to make a lot of money so you don't have to work. When we have a family, you can stay home with the kids. Right. And the only way I can do that is if I build this thing now. I got to build this thing while we're young. So that we have more time to spend together with our kids. That's right. You're working on something. Uh, here's what she wants to hear. 
She wants to hear that you're not just dicking around. Or you're not choosing the comics over her. Right. You're, that like you're that. doing this because you're trying to – listen, I used to I used to sit and screw around with computers and learn operating systems and install every version of Linux out there, every version of FreeBSD and take machines apart and put them back together again because I was teaching this stuff to myself. I'd sit up late at night reading programming books and teaching myself programming languages that I didn't know. And my wife was like, why, why aren't we going out? Like, why are you doing this? That's because I got I yeah. to figure out yeah. how to, you know, it's Saturday night. Why are you doing this all day Saturday? Well, you know, let's go do something. And I would, I would do it, but this is the way that I spent my time. I probably woke up two hours before my wife woke up every single day because I was very productive in the morning. And, and that was the kind of thing that you, you absolutely have to do this. And you know what? It will drive her crazy. You've got to pay attention to her. As a girl, I had to learn You've this got to about pay attention the tech to her. guys. I had to. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, you, you know, Hattie, you, the, the woman wants to hear why he's doing this. He's not picking it, like you say, he's not picking it over her. He's picking it so that he, he's trying to learn a skill so that he can... And I know, be a better provider. I know that it makes her feel invisible. Like all you ever think about. What can he say comics. to her, Hattie? What can he say? I'm to her? trying to think of what I would have wanted. What would you to like? Hear? To hear? <laughs> Please, Daddy, help me out. Uh, hmm. To me, I really was. I wanted to know what my boyfriend was doing. I was interested in it, and he, I think that he assumed that. Oh, he's just doing his guy stuff, whatever, with he the wants computer. To do that he just wants to do that me. instead of being with me. I would have loved to be a part of it. Like, I wanted to right. sit down and I want you to tell me every single thing you're doing. No, for the record. I find that interesting. For the record, you're you're very unique in that way. Okay, okay. Let me let me think more regular girl. <laughs> and you do, and uh, to your credit, like you pick up stuff immediately. Not, I, well, I'm interested in a lot of beca- stuff. But. Because, because you are interested in it. His uh, future fiance may or may not be interested in it. What if she's not? If she's not interested in it, what I would say is what Dan said. Just make her feel like you're not – don't ever compare the two and Mm. never – I would never pit the two against each other in Mm. a way. Like, well, you're either doing this or this. That's – you know, with me or this with your comics. And then, you know, every once in a while, even if she's not very interested in it, include her in it. And that might even make her feel good. Like, oh, I really wanted to share this article that I wrote with you. Or I wanted to see if if you liked it or, you know, or I want you to look over it. You know, include her, in, I think, in small ways, even if she's not interested. And that will make her feel more a part of what you're doing and less, she'll feel less left out of your world in a That's way. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you guys so much because, and uh, I have to do say, I am lucky that she likes the comic books. And oh, the good. Pop culture <laughs> stuff and comes to conventions. And, you know, she, she's, she's that support that I need too, because she, she shares my articles like on our Facebook page and okay. tells her friends to read it and stuff too. So she, she really is very supportive. She sounds she super supportive. Yeah, but make sure make sure that you still you know. And this sounds stupid. Oh yes, I know what you're about to say. What am I going to say? You're going to say make time with her that has nothing to do with comics at all. Make the time, even if it's even if it's you set aside a time a week or you know every Saturday we go and have a nice dinner together and we don't talk about. Well, I mean, if it comes up, that's okay. But like, try not to talk about work. Yeah, make it make it make it about the two of you. Yeah, you know, go see a movie or something. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I I think that I'm doing that, and I think that a uh, you know what 
when you get like creative and uh, actually get creative about thinking about our jobs and stuff is that I feel like I need to call in and check in with you guys just to make sure that I'm doing all this stuff because it, I feel like a little lost sometimes, but then, you know, I listen to your shows and I get like very encouraged and like, like, Oh, I'm, I'm kind of doing what they're saying. I'm kind of doing what they're saying. And like, I'm definitely checking in with my girlfriend on that stuff. And, uh, I don't know, just, you guys are wonderful. And, uh, I really appreciate what you had to say tonight for sure. Well, I appreciate the call. Thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll talk to you uh, again down the road. We'll let us know what's going on. All right, cool. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Addy. All right. Be well. Say hi to your girlfriend for us. Oh, I will. <laughs> okay. Nice guy. I like him. He's a nice guy. I think he's, I think he's most of the way where he needs to be. He's, you know, and that's see, I could do a whole show on, I hate the term work-life balance because, you know, we could do a whole show again on that. I asked Virginia in the chat room if we gave good advice. She said we did. Yeah. So she's the expert. <laughs> she is. <laughs> Making love connections over there in Seattle or wherever she is. All right, so I don't know. I think uh, I'm not worried about that guy. I'm not worried about him. We should do a show where we give random callers, you know, advice on how, uh, geeks on how to communicate with their non-geek wives. Then, <laughs> then we get lots of calls. I have to sit out of that because I, I can't. Help I would you. <laughs> call that. I would call into that show myself. Half the time, I'll be sitting there. She'll be like, uh, "Do you really need to look at your phone at every meal?" I've, like, yes, it's for work. She's like, at every meal. <laughs> you can see you're her like, saying okay, that, can you? are like, okay, yes, can, I'll leave can, it for one you, meal, can, I'll leave it in the other room. Can you see her saying that? Yes, very much yeah. so. I've, 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 been, uh, I've been on a couple dates where, where people just don't look up from their phone. You can't do that on a date. Even with someone I'm currently dating. Wow. I know. That's crazy. That was, we fixed that. <laughs> no, you would need to fix it. It's one thing if you've been married for 15 years, you can kind of get away with it once in a while. Yeah. But like on an actual date, phew, I don't understand I that. love I love Twitter, but uh, if I'm eating rule. a meal with you. <laughs> here's my rule. Here's my rule. If you're at, if you're at a, 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 a meeting with somebody, doesn't have to be a date, doesn't have to be a date, honey. Could just be a lunch meeting, like the meeting we had with uh, Scott Peel. Senor Scott Peel. If you're sitting there with somebody and, and in the conversation, something comes up where you're saying, oh, where is that place? Or what was the name of that person? Or, the, or who directed that movie? And at, at that moment, it is appropriate for one of the people in the conversation to pull out their phone and say, I'll Google that. Then they can Google it. They can look it up. They can report the answer and immediately put the phone away back in their pocket, back in their purse, whatever, on the table, whatever. That, that's acceptable. Any other activity of your phone, unless you go into it saying, I'm waiting for a very important call or I'm waiting for a very important email from my lawyer about the lawsuit. Oh, I have a, I have a thing to talk about. If that's, I- if that's the situation... Then yes, I would say you you can you can occasionally look at your phone, glance down at it. There's no twittering, Hattie. There's no twittering. There's no Instagramming. There's no. I just want to <laughs> send a quick Instagram text problem. message to a person because this person wants to hear. No, you're at you're at you're at something that's for work or, or if, for if personal. If you do have to do something rude. like that, rude. Step into the bathroom. That's. I think that is appropriate. 
Like you said, if you have to send a whatever, or if you're dying right. to send you may to excuse Instagram yourself something, to go to the restroom. But as long as you don't add time, that means you get to pee faster. You can't add time. How long is a bathroom break? I don't usually don't time others' bathroom breaks because I don't want to think. I'll about tell that. you what. Three they and can and do a half whatever minutes. they want to. Three and a half minutes. That's all you get. If you're a woman, you get five. You're, if you're a dude and you're gone for more than three and a half minutes, you're doing something else. And you shouldn't be because then you're wasting the other person's time making them wait. Now, if there's a line for the bathroom, or what if it's three and a half minutes starts once you get in the bathroom. What for if, a dude, three and a half minutes, you could do everything you need to do in there. What if you're at Fix lunch your hair, with whatever. like three people and they're not going to miss you being gone? Three and a half <laughs> minutes if you're a guy, five if you're a woman. <laughs> and the time starts when you walk into the restroom. But as a lady, you dawdle. You're like, maybe I'll clean my purse That's out. That's why or I maybe... gave you five minutes. No, you don't clean your purse out on someone else's time. That's personal time. They're not waiting for you, Yes, though. they are. Everybody's waiting. In life, we're all. No, I mean, if you're no, there with five other people and you're part of that group, you're, they may not want to tell the big story until you get back. They're all waiting. What's she doing in there? They're I don't know. See, but see, five there, minutes. there goes, I think we talked about this with Jen five Simmons. Five minutes, and, all you get. And Gina... I don't think that anybody's waiting for me. I'm fine. Like, I'm invisible. <laughs> but it's not true. It's never true. Five minutes. Three and a half for your dude. Please don't ever time me. Please. <laughs> if you if you think you have to do something longer than five minutes. Because, like, sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm going to brush my hair. My whole head. I'm going to brush all of my hair. Or How long does I'm going to reapply my makeup. You're not rushing. It's called a ladies' powder room for now, a reason. They call it a bathroom now. If you Ugh, come bathroom. back and you look a lot better than you did when you left, then you, I think before you go, you you, you make it clear that you've got to, that wind. I just have to check my hair. I'll be right back. Then they know it's a little bit extended. But if I know you're in there Instagramming stuff and other people are waiting for you, rude. Can't do that. Ladies' room word bathroom not a powder room there's no 2013 okay but there's no bathroom there's no bath (laughs) in the room the restroom i like the restroom or the ladies room those are the two acceptable things it's rude that's all i'm saying what's rude going in there while people are waiting for you and no and one's redoing your, all me. of your makeup washing your face and redoing makeup not, re-curling not washing your hair, my straightening face. your hair yes i'll pull out my miniature straightener and re-straighten Saying it, that's and... somebody else's time time is money to those people they're the worst of them my friends who work at places that they don't care about yeah they don't care if i'm gone for an hour so when it's, you know <laughs> Be be mindful of other people's time is all I'm saying. Stop Instagramming so much. <laughs> oh, but that's why. From now on, whenever you go to the restroom or the ladies' room, just just I'm going to assume you're that in I am Instagram brushing my hair, Instagramming, <laughs> and redoing my chapstick or something. Right. Well, and I mean, think about no, we're not even going to get it. All right, that. it's too no. much. It's too much information. It's TMI. But I have a show topic for you. Okay, what is it for next? Maybe next time. Maybe some other time. Mm-hmm. Work etiquette. Ah, that's a good one because good Joel one. Bush came in here the other day and can you believe it in the new office took off his flip-flops and walked around in bare my foot. office in bare feet. <laughs> and then he wants to do a show on 5 by 5 and he's walking around here in bare feet? It's not going to happen. I said go put your shoes back on and he did. And this is a smart dude. He's a really smart dude. He looks, and he looked very, very snazzy in his. He is a smart down, guy and a classy guy, 
and a, and a successful businessman, a respected entrepreneur, and then he takes his shoes off in my office. I just, to me... I love him. It wasn't even... I love Joel Bush, but <laughs> damn it, you're not taking your shoes off in my office. I love that guy. I know. Almost punched him out. See, I just don't even want to subject others to feet. My feet, others' feet. No, shoes, shoes will not be coming off. Also, things like... I, I just thought of that because All phone... Right, enough of this. Phone on the table while eating is another thing. I'm okay with that. Okay. 5by5.tv slash quit slash 15. We get a couple links in there for you. Support this show. Go to squarespace.com slash quit. And if you sign up, code that'll save you 10% is stooge3. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm Dan Benjamin. Hattie is Hattie Bird on Twitter. And uh, we really appreciate you listening. There is a newsletter at, uh, where did I put that? Quitshow.com. Think. Is that what I did? I can't keep track of all these sites. Of what? Oh. Oh, right. Of our quit. No, that's not it. I don't know where it is. Where did I put the newsletter? Hattie, where did I put the newsletter? Not Corporate Stooge. CorporateStooge.com. Thank you. CorporateStooge.com. That'll be in the show notes, too. This is a special new newsletter. It's secret. Something big is about to happen there. And uh, you guys are the only ones that can get in on it. So go check it out. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back next week, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday. Have a good one.